to Grow on the Go. And today, in the palatial home studios of Grow on the Go, otherwise known as the Blanket Fort, we have Deanna, and I should have asked you this before we went on the air, Oleki? Olki. Olki. Okay. See, I just, I had an extra syllable in my it, mind. It's all good. It has more vowels and consonants. I'm I hear sure everything. You, I'm sure you do get a variety of pronunciations. Yes. yes. So, um, Deanna and I met because she has written and was teaching a course called Deeper. And um, I thought that sounded absolutely fascinating. And um, and I went to it, and it really was um, so valuable to me. So I really wanted to share some of what I've learned with our listeners on Grow on the Go. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, tell me about your life. Yeah, sure. So... I'm a mom. That's probably one of the favorite roles that mm-hmm. I have. And now two adult children, a boy and a girl, a 20-year-old. Yes, wow. and an 18-year-old. So just both adults. Nice. Um, and I'm married as well to mm-hmm. my first love. I met on a blind date. It oh, sometimes fun. does work out. Yeah, no, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And um, I work at a Christian school. I am a junior high teacher, and I teach Bible health and art, which is another one of my passions. Mm-hmm. And, so. and that's something else that we share. Yes. Both writers and artists. Yes. Right. <laughs> um, so junior high. Um, often I think of junior high as the armpit of life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, my husband is a youth speaker, and he okay. would rather be with a room of screaming junior high kids than anywhere else on earth. Wow. Uh, good for him. Yeah. Is that is that a the age group a love for you or did you just sort of fall into it you know i love how moldable they are mm-hmm. at that age definitely quirky sense of humor mm-hmm. yeah it's i love at that point teaching the students about god and and how to do life which fits so well with the bible and health curriculum that i teach uh, i feel like i i can be a spiritual mom to the kids mm, and mm-hmm. give them the spiritual training and disciplines and hopefully a love for the Lord at that age. Our Christian school is all about the statistics, right? And so the stats are that 70% of Christian kids walk away from their faith by the time they graduate, mm-hmm. but they make that decision in junior high. So wow. I know. So it's, I, I love working with Holy Spirit to be able to hopefully bring my classroom alive and make Christianity real for the kids. Real for them. And not just a head knowledge, but a relationship with Jesus, Mm because it's harder to walk away from your best friend. Oh, beautifully said. You just just twigged a memory for me when, um, with my oldest daughter, well, I think I did it with both of them, but I, um, I, and I, course can't pull the scripture out of my head right now but it talks about how each generation has to place its hope anew upon god mm-hmm. and um and it's through the retelling the the, the the context is that it's through the retelling of all the miracles that happened mm-hmm. that each faith 
each each generation places its faith anew upon God. And so what I did with my girls was uh, I had a miracle book oh, that's um, for each of them. Mm. And so every time God answered one of their own personal prayers, we recorded it in their miracle book so that they could build their faith on their own experience with that's God. That's awesome. Yeah. It's so in line with what they did in the Old Testament in yes. building altars of remembrance, right? Yes. Ebenezer's. And the miraculous things that the Lord did along the mm-hmm. way so that they remember, but also for their next generations mm-hmm. to remember. So um, I'm fascinated by the story of how you um, really became fascinated with the prophetic and yeah. hearing from God, um, which is sort of the the whole theme of Deeper. Yes, the, that's the, right. The book you've written and mm-hmm. the curriculum you've developed. Um, so tell me that story, because you didn't really grow up in a background that would have done a lot of teaching on that. No. So typically when I tell people that Deeper is about hearing God's voice for yourself and for others through the gift of prophecy, they automatically assume that I was raised in a charismatic church mm-hmm. or I was, I'm Pentecostal, right? I'm not. I was raised in a Baptist home where my parents lived their life very authentically. I did not see hypocrisy in mm-hmm. my home. What I heard at church, I saw lived in my my home and God knew that I needed that biblical foundation that formation because he knew the spiritual gift that mm-hmm. I would be hungering after in my young adult mm-hmm. years and would eventually receive from Holy Spirit which was the gift of prophecy. You know, I also hungered after that mm-hmm. through a lot of my life and every time I went searching mm-hmm. for teaching or experience I I this sounds so incredibly arrogant, but I just kept bumping up into flakes. Hmm, just yeah. people who, it was just, you know, really, what, what's your term for it? Woo-hoo or wee-wee? You know, it was, it was, it was not biblically founded. And I wasn't interested. You know, like somebody who would sell um, some kind of product, right. and in order to maintain your healing, you had to buy this product. Right. Things like that that just turned me off mm-hmm. phenomenally. So I was really attracted to your teaching because mm-hmm. I, of your Baptist roots. That's and, cool. And I knew that, um, well, and of course, I totally trusted my friend Becky, who <laughs> um, was was the link, really. Right. So you had this hunger mm-hmm. to hear God's voice. What was the what happened next? So um, I had a crisis in my life. I was expecting when both of my kids were in school, my son Caleb is my youngest, when he entered grade one, that I would go back to teaching. Mm-hmm. And God very clearly closed those doors very unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And so I was faced in the fall of what do I do? Mm. And so my girlfriend was planning a conference trip with six other women um, to Washington State to hear um, Sean Bowles and Larry Randolph. And I was fairly new to the prophetic. I had been hungering it, had a few prophetic friends that would hear God's voice Mm -hmm. for me and I could practice with them, but nothing that was a part of my daily life. 
Um, I went to the prophetic conference and I was praying that we would be called out of the crowd and and given prophetic words mm-hmm. by Sean. He was the the prophet who mm-hmm. was the first one. First session, um, he unexpectedly called me out of the crowd wow. and just read my mail, as they say. And he pointed to things in my life that were words of knowledge that there's no way that he could know except through um, words from Holy Spirit. Right. So facts about who I was. Mm. And then he gave me my destiny word. And what he said, he says, you would be, you love to unlock Christian living for people. And he says, you have keys, keys that will come in the form of manuals and in books. And he says, Mm. the prophetic mantle that you carry, he says, you're going to be able to go across the church board. You're going to be able to go into churches that will be, are usually irrelevant to the prophetic, where the prophetic cannot go. Hmm. And that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And this was in, in 2007. And this did not start to become a reality until seven years after mm-hmm. that. But it was something that just rang so true in my spirit. I remember coming home and there had been so much amazing healing that I had experienced, not just through the conference teachers, but through our little group of women. Um, in that weekend, we were hearing God's voice for ourselves and sharing what we were learning, but also we were speaking out the things that the Lord was showing us for each other. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had experienced prophetic community, and it, it, it wrecked me. It forever ruined me for, for, for stiff, ordinary ordinary community. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And so coming out of that conference, my um, friend and I we were like, we have to find this in Calgary. And so we crossed denominational lines. Mm-hmm. We went to the charismatic churches, and Sunday evenings would be our field trip nights, and we <laughs> go to other churches. And at the time, in 2008, it was then, we could not find any church that was actually actively operating in the prophetic. Wow. And so my friend is very much a pioneer and a self-starter, and she's like, well, if we can't find it, let's just do it. And so mm-hmm. there were four of us girlfriends that would get together every Sunday night, and we use 1 Corinthians 14 as our guidelines for the, the prophetic, um, that is to be encouraging, edifying, and comforting. Mm-hmm. And we practiced on each other. And in the nine months that we were getting together, I experienced such acceleration to my Christian walk that I had never experienced before. Hmm. What was the first time you can identify hearing a word from God for yourself that you that you knew? The first was, time. Do you remember? Wow. It's okay if you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> and an early time? An early time. Yeah. So I I read a book and it was part of a course that I did called Cleansing Stream. Um, This was back in 2001. Wow, that dates me. (laughs) And in there, they taught how to, in the book, it taught you how to hear God's voice. And you just start journaling, journaling a prayer and Mm -hmm. your responses and um, what you want to say to God. And then pause and just ask the Lord, what do you want to say to me? And just as thoughts or impressions come to mind, just start writing. Mm-hmm. Writing, writing, keep your mind submitted to your spirit. And then when you feel like the flow has stopped, then fully engage your mind. Go back, read over what you've written that you sense the Lord was speaking to you, and make sure it lines up with the Bible. Because mm-hmm. that always needs to be the test of right. God's spoken word. 
it needs to line up with the Bible. God will never contradict himself. Right. And so I would say there was moments like that where I started to to really hear God's voice directly to me. Do you believe that God speaks to everyone? I do. Yes. John 10.27 says, My sheep hear my voice. Mm-hmm. So if we me. belong to Jesus, yes. he is speaking to us. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, do you ever worry about... Um, you know, when you when you go to speak into somebody else's life, do you ever worry that you maybe heard it wrong and maybe it was just the lasagna you had <laughs> too late last night? <laughs> um, this is why it's really great to be a part of prophetic community mm. is to have the practice time. And that's part of what we provide at Deeper. Yes. It's very practical. Yeah, so you really have is. the practice time and you have people who are able to respond, oh, that was so the Lord mm-hmm. when you said this, 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 so that we can start to tune into the way that God does speak to us. Because mm-hmm. it is hard because he, he speaks through us. So he might use a movie that we saw to give a prophetic word to Mm -hmm. someone to be the springboard. He uses our experience, our knowledge, right? He uses the Bible verses that that we know. Part of what I do when I deliver a prophetic word to somebody who isn't a part of a prophetic culture is I'll use this line. Is I'll even start it off, I sense that the Lord has something encouraging to say to you. Is it all right mm. that I speak it to you? Mm-hmm. And once I have their permission, I deliver what I sense the Lord is speaking, and then I say this. And this just is just a really quick way to help them steward what to do with it. Mm-hmm. I'm not the expert on your life. Holy Spirit is. Mm-hmm. So take what I've said to Holy Spirit and ask him what he wants to say about this and what is truth for you. So I find that that is a tool to give people just in a couple sentences mm-hmm. is what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And I loved um, how you taught um, that the Corinthians passage, and I don't have that top of mind either, but you do, I think, on your notes, um, you know, talks about it is always encouraging. Yes. It is always uplifting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the exact words are. And so, worst case scenario, if you haven't heard from God and Mm -hmm. you deliver this word, is you've encouraged them. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, encourage one another in the Lord for this is right. Mm -hmm. So, we're encouraged to be encouraging each other 100% out of our own selves. Mm -hmm. Can you quote that verse for us? Yes. From From 1 Corinthians 14. Yeah. 14, okay. Yeah. Um, So, the, the gift of prophecy is to encourage, edify, and comfort God's people. So right. that needs to be our guideline. Right. So if I'm receiving anything from the Lord that is corrective, is pointing out sin, that is not something that the Lord wants me to, to, to be sh- delivering. Yeah. Maybe just to pray about. Exactly. And um, I, I, I have a feeling some of our listeners are going, but I have so many questions and this is just one <laughs> podcast. But no, it is not. We're doing a series of four. And so we're going to try and get around to answering your big questions as we go along. Good. So talk to us more about the importance of hearing God's voice. Yeah, so for myself, this completely transformed my relationship with the Lord. And it was the the combo, Donna, of hearing God's voice for myself as well as being in a community where people were hearing God's voice for me. And the combination of the two accelerated my Christian walk. Hmm. There's a, a Bible verse um, that, that says, it's from Romans eight twenty six and 27. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. 
We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he searches our hearts, and he knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So basically what that verse is saying is Holy Spirit is interceding for me, Mm -hmm. God's will into my life. And his love for me is so deep that his intercession is can be articulated by words. It's groans, mm-hmm. the Bible says. And I love that. I love that too. So the whole principle of hearing God's voice is engaging with Holy Spirit to find out what are you praying for me right now that is in line with the will of the Father. Mm-hmm. Like so many, um, I, know, I know as a, a young adult and, and into my 30s, I so wanted to know what God wanted me to do and who he wanted me to be, my identity and my destiny. Mm-hmm. Well, Holy Spirit is already praying that. Mm-hmm. So as I engage with him and he starts to give me those pieces, I can take those steps into what he's showing me, and then he can show me the next and the next and the next. And this is where I really experienced an acceleration in my Christian walk. Because mm. my heart is to walk in alignment with God's will and God's ways. And more than that being my heart, it's God's heart for me right. as well. I had never actually heard um, one of the one of the teachings um, through Deeper that d- we can start listening to God by asking what the Holy Spirit is praying for mm-hmm. us. I love that. Yeah. Um, and, and that's something that I practice cool. um, on a regular basis now. Yeah. There's such a purity to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, how would you suggest people start trying to hear God? Yeah, so I find that the easiest way to start is um, by doing how what I first experienced in writing to God mm-hmm. and just writing down your heart, your thoughts, your prayers, your desires. And then when you feel like your conversation one way is exhausted, then ask the Lord how do you want to respond to me? And sometimes I just start with my pen and just start writing my dear child. And then just the first thoughts and impressions that Mm. come, just start writing them down. And what is so good about writing down what I'm sensing that the Lord is speaking is I can revisit it. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times the things that the Lord said when I first started journaling didn't come to pass until weeks and sometimes months later. Or even years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so going back to read it, to go, oh, my goodness, I can't believe that happened. Hmm. And then I remember in the moment, that so felt like me, but that was God, because the hmm. proof is here that this, this, this happened, really, right. and it happened exactly as he said. Right. Yeah, so then that can be a way to start to tune in and target. Another way is to ask God questions. Um, like I said, God is, is love, so he's always full of love for us mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. And to ask him a question, what do you love about me? Hmm. There are fun questions you can ask. Um, uh, if we were to play a game, Jesus, what game would you want to play with me? <laughs> and just as soon as you have a sense of that, I, f- I find the easiest is to like write it down. Because a lot of times if it's just in our head, we, it's easy to like whisk it away or to, um, is that me or is this God? And I find it easier and it's a little more concrete when you're writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, maybe it's my age, I don't know, but I forget even really profound things. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I know I got up and shared a story of something that happened to me during the, the how many months? Nine months? Yes. Is the course run? Yeah. yeah. 
And now when I tell the story, I miss parts unless I go back yeah. and read it because yeah. I did journal it afterward, thankfully. Yeah, there was. Uh, I, I don't even think you've heard the end of this story. I, I don't mm. know if you remember I shared that I was about to go to Senegal. Um, my husband and I were ministering there, and um, we had done this exercise in Deeper where we lined up across from each other. <laughs> Or no, I, I one of us, one group of us was standing with our eyes closed, and mm-hmm. then other another group would just walk up to someone they did not know. Those were the instructions, yeah. and then just speak what they felt Holy Spirit was saying to mm-hmm. them about the person they were standing in front of. And and this young woman said to me, "I, I, I you're like a a red poppy like flower, hmm. and um, and you're in full bloom." And hmm. and then we just stood there looking at each other really awkwardly. <laughs> well. I I went home and, and did some research on red poppy-like flowers okay. in Palestine, because that's where the Bible story was written. And sure enough, there is this red poppy-like flower called an anemone, I believe is how you say it. The red ones are the hardiest. Huh. Their faces are always turned toward the sun. Huh. And they only bloom late um, January through uh, early March, ma- mainly February. And they bring real refreshing to the landscape and to the people because it's such an arid place. Interesting. And so the interesting thing was that we were going to Senegal in February. Hmm. And I felt like God was saying I was going to be, he was going to use me to refresh people. Hmm. And it turned out very much that way. Oh, that's beautiful. And uh, some of those relationships, we were only there for a week, but they continue. Hmm. And um, so that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of turning my face to the sun yes. always. And then um, we got back and we did another little exercise at Deeper where we, um, I actually wasn't even there that week, um, but um, there were note cards on the table and and you wrote a note card without knowing who you were writing it for. You just trusted. Am I saying this right? Because I wasn't there. The exercise w- where people wrote on the card without necessarily knowing was that the texting exercise? No, it wasn't texting. There were note cards on the table. Oh, maybe that I was just remember. my maybe that was just my table leader who did, who did that. You had a she creative table know, leader. <laughs> she didn't know this woman who that she was writing it for okay. me. What's on the f- cover at the the front of this note card? Uh-huh. A red poppy. Wow. And then uh, just a few weeks later, I'd filled up my journal, went to my shelf to pluck another journal i buy them in bulk from the dollar store because i'm a <laughs> prolific journaler and what's on the front oh, a, poppy. a red poppy oh, wow. so it was it was just cool the way god yeah. kept reminding yes. me of that that, yeah. that he could use me to refresh hmm. others hmm. yeah and donna what i really wonder since you saw it so much after if that is just a word related to who you are and what you carry hmm. it really makes me wonder if you carry just a spirit of refreshing Hmm. Well, I would love to think so. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So we have a few minutes left. What else do you want to tell us about the importance of hearing God's voice? Oh, wow. I know there's so much, right? Just just squeeze a couple of chapters of your book into the yeah. next few minutes, would you? <laughs> I'm not asking a lot. <laughs> I think one of the things I love the most is the adventure end of hearing God's voice. Mm, tell um, me about that. Yes. So there's a Bible verse that goes with that, Proverbs 25, 2. 
It is God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to discover them. Mm. And there's some things that God keeps hidden, keeps concealed. And I love when he starts to show me something. And it's kind of like, he's like, do you want this? Mm. And I love the privilege then as a king, as a daughter of the king and a mm -hmm. queen to be hunting after his treasures mm -hmm. and his ideas. And I've had so many fun adventures of, of God leading me into things. I'll tell you one quickly. Yes, do. <laughs> so one of the first times in the beginning of my prophetic journey, I was uh, just journaling um, over a passage of the Israelites going into the promised land. And I just felt like Holy Spirit was in that moment reminding me of things that I was praying for and promises that he wanted to fulfill and I was like, oh, God, I so desire that in my life. I desire these things I've been praying for to be fulfilled. Hmm. And it was one of those moments where it's like, okay, am I thinking you're saying that this is going to be fulfilled because I so desperately want it in my life? Right. Is this really you? Is, is this me? Right. <laughs> so ended my devotions, and I went off grocery shopping. Um, and after my grocery shopping, I sensed that Holy Spirit was saying to me, um, come have coffee with me. And I was like, hmm. And it was one of those moments of, are you hiding something from me? Is this an adventure? <laughs> and I was like, I am willing to put aside my to-do list to go see if this is you. Because mm -hmm. I know if it's God, there's going to be something in it. And so I walked into the Starbucks. There was um, just a Starbucks that was close by. And you know how they have the little chalkboards and they have the feature drink? Right. Yes. So the feature drink was a honey latte and the Israelites went into a land flowing with milk, milk and, and honey. honey. And it was like Holy Spirit was saying to me in that moment, you heard me, girl. You heard me in devotions. You heard me now. And so, of course, I had to order a honey latte, and I enjoyed my coffee with Holy Spirit. And it was, I love moments like that because it just fills my Christian life with so much joy. Mm -hmm. And I haven't had as much fun in my Christianity than after hearing his voice and following God on these sometimes crazy adventures that he has me on. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I can't say I've ever gone for a latte Holy Spirit, <laughs> but I go for lots of walks. Nice. And I talk to them right out loud, and I'm sure mm -hmm. my neighbors think I'm stark raving mad, but it's worth it. <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> they probably think you're singing. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Or talking on the phone. I mean, everybody right. does that yeah. now. It's yeah, not even true. weird anymore. <laughs> so um, if you were to leave our, um, our listeners with a question to contemplate huh. um, about how they can... How they can hear God's voice or, or um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have to be a question, but often we do conclude with a question. We'd like sure. to leave people thinking. Sure. Or maybe it's a, a scripture or something else. So I'll tell you one that God has been um, putting on my heart in this season. Mm. So it's my latest favorite question because okay. I'm in the midst of it as well. Right. God places his desires within us. So then a question, if that is true, if God is placing his desires in your heart, mm -hmm. is what is what is your heart sighing about in this season? Sighing. Yes. What is your heart sighing about? So a sigh could be, uh, it could be overwhelm. Mm -hmm. It could be longing. Mm -hmm. what, what are some of the other meanings you have behind that. I think that there is an openness and a complexity to that, that that would be interesting for each viewer 
our listener, I guess, mm-hmm. to to pursue on their own. On their own. And I feel like when you start to tune in, like for me, it was my heart was sighing to nurture young adults, especially. Mm. And as soon as I got in tune with that, then I started to posture myself. How do you want to fulfill that desire through me, Lord, Mm. to young adults? Beautiful. Yeah. Well, we're going to leave you with that thought. What is your heart sighing for in this season? Don't forget to share and like and, uh, and give us some feedback on social media. We love that. And uh, that's all for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Donna Carter inviting you to ask the Holy Spirit what your heart is sighing for. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com. 